You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, probably underrated once again. You know, as going usual. off the board as a QB 13, as usual. Uh, most likely will finish a little higher than that. Uh, he has Justin Jefferson. He has CJ Hawkinson. He has a, a new rookie wide receiver in Jordan Addison, who, by the way, should easily supplant KJ Osborne. Okay, KJ Osborne yeah. is, is not someone I'm trying to draft late. E- even if, w- even with opportunity last year, he didn't he didn't really take control consistently. So I'm I'm out on him. Addison is a good prospect. Um, I'm expecting Addison to either be second or third in the targets. And, you know, KJ Osborne is a clear fourth at best. Um, Also, the Vikings have been a pass first team lately, regardless of game scripts. So, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, similar to Jared Goff, right? You know, he has the supporting cast and he has the the good play caller. He has all that. He has a legit number one. There's a lot of good things about Kirk Cousins. I think there's a lot of similarities between these two situations and these two quarterbacks. Um, Yeah. Who are you targeting in the pass game outside of Justin Jefferson? Who, by the way, is my one-on-one overall this year? Really? Your one-on-one overall? Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Wow. Okay. I, I hear I'm thinking it was Christian McCaffrey. You talked for receivers or just the draft? One-on-one overall. is... Wow. One-on-one. Justin All Jefferson. Right. Uh, that's crazy. All right. So, obviously, you're targeting Justin Jefferson. And I'll be honest. I had a hard time with this offense because I like everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these uh, (laughs) players I I, I like for fantasy. So it was tough picking them, but I went with Jordan Addison. I think that he's a very, very good low risk wide receiver too for the season. I mean, Minnesota allowed Adam Thielen the past few years to leech fantasy value off of its perennially, perennially strong offense. And his departure going to come at a better time for Jordan Addison. I mean, consider this Thielen dominated the wide receiver too spot in Minnesota's offense each of the past three seasons as in stepping right into this role featured 85 targets at least in each of the past three seasons for Adam Thielen and 106 targets exactly in both 2022 and 2020 and then 30 touchdowns combined in that same three-year span so that's 10 touchdowns a year that's what Jordan Addison is stepping into and those are gaudy numbers of course but Addison just has to scrape the surface to return on his on investment as wide receiver 35 price on underdog. I mean, let's just frame it this way. Will the first round wide receiver that the Vikings took on offense as fancy conducive as the Vikings be able to finish as a low wide receiver three or high wide receiver four? Because that's where he's being drafted at. I'm willing to bet that he's enough boom weeks to well exceed that bar, which I think is extremely low. And lucky for us, that's how he's being drafted as a wide, low wide receiver three. So I'm going with Jordan Addison. I'm targeting him all day behind Justin Jefferson. He can learn from Jefferson, too. I think as the season wears on, he'll get better and better. And this is going to be an excellent you know, receiving core for the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins could stand to benefit, too. And I think that's where we could see his upside kind of scrape that top nine, eight range as a quarterback as well. 
Yeah, and and I love Kirk, but so Addison, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 35 right now. And I think he can definitely be a, a fantasy wide receiver three this year, but to draft him like a wide receiver three as a rookie, when you have Justin Jefferson taking away 180 targets, like, I don't know if I'm doing that personally. So like, you know, if I'm looking at who's being drafted around him right now, Damian Pierce, Hollywood Brown, Trevor Lawrence, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Traylon Burks, a lot of decent, like established players there. You know, unless I think there's a chance that Addison finishes as, as like a high-end wide receiver three, I, I think we're drafting him a little high right now. Like a lot of hype, obviously. I think deservedly so because I think he's a very good player. But I like looking for values here. And I think, you know, Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks going right around here, like are probably guys I'd rather take shots on, you know, as the wide receiver ones on their offenses. Um, obviously, the offenses aren't as shiny, right? I think nowhere yeah. these guys are nowhere as shiny as Addison for sure. But I think I'd rather go with those guys as the clear wide receiver ones on their team rather than the wide receiver two on the Vikings, where TJ Hawkinson could potentially out target Addison. It's very possible, and we've seen you know Hawkinson, you know, be a target hog. And t- let's move on to Hawkinson real quick. He's being drafted as a tight end three. Um, at the four or five turn on underdog. Now, the question with him too is like, how, does he get targets taken away from Addison, right? So I right. think that's kind of the predicament with those two guys. Um, and I think last year, like, there was no legit wide receiver too. Like, I'm sorry, Adam Thielen, truthers. Adam you know, he's, he's getting, he's getting, he, he's getting old. Okay, guys, like, it, it is what it is. Like, every this happens to everybody. I love Thielen. I love his story. You know, he's he's uh, inspiration. Okay the way that he walked on and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think Addison has a better shot to take away targets from Hawkinson than Thielen did last yeah. year, at least. And Hawkinson was really just a target hog, which is a skill in, in itself. Like if you're a target earner, you're a target earner. But will that stay consistent, right? I, I don't think I'll be targeting Hawkinson either uh, because of the fact that his range of outcomes is a little big for me to draft yeah. him as a tight end three. Um, and by the way, now that you have a lot of fam- familiarity about who we're targeting and not targeting at ADP on Underdog, I think it's time for you to check it out yourself if you haven't already. You can do as many drafts as you want. It's the best way to do mock drafts, too, to get familiar with the current pricing and ADP. Uh, but you have the chance of winning money while you're doing it. The best thing about it is that the market is literally telling you how they feel about players. And since there's at least a couple bucks on the line every time you draft, there's no messing around. Okay, this is true market value. So there are several tournaments you can enter, like the BBM4, which has $15 million in prizes right now. There's also the Puppy 2 tournament that has $1 million in prizes. It's only a $5 entry. And you can throw in multiple entries into these tournaments to increase your chance of winning. There's no team management. This is best ball. So you don't have you just have to draft every week. Your best possible lineup with the team you draft that ends up in your starting lineup. No waivers, no trades, draft, and you're done. If you do check out Underdog, use the code UPPERHAND so you get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's a potential free $100 for you to start drafting. That's a potential free 20 entries into the puppy with a million dollars in prizes, okay? So uh, visit the link in the description of this podcast episode or go to underdogfantasy.com and use code UPPERHAND when you sign up. Let's get back to the Vikings. What about this backfield? It, It looks like Dalvin Cook is being traded or cut at some point. There's, you know, way too many signs and reports coming out of Minnesota, you know, for, for us to think that Dalvin remains with this team, right? Yeah. Or, or that, he, that he ends up, like, 
I don't know where he's going to go. We'll see. Uh, but Kevin O'Connell came out and said that Alexander Madison has shown ownership on all three downs. And when the head coach says that, that's what you want to hear, you know, given the fact mm-hmm. that we've seen Madison finish as a high-end RB1 most of the time when Cook was hurt. So you know he yeah. can handle the workload. Now, I'm not worried about Keontae Ingram. At first, I don't know where he got his fans at. Like people are like, <laughs> Keontae Ingram, truth is all of a sudden. I have no idea where that's from. He was not an efficient running back in college. Okay, I think yeah. their seventh-round pick, Dwayne McBride, is a good running back, but I have to acknowledge that he's a seventh-rounder. Okay, he's been yeah. banged up, by the way, during this whole OTA, during these OTAs. He hasn't been participating. Um, as of right now, I think it's going to be Madison's show. Now, and I'm assuming that Dalvin Cook is gone. Okay, if both of them are still on the team come week one, you know, I think I prefer to have Dalvin Cook. Okay, but at Madison's current price, you can potentially have a RB1 or a high-end RB2 at an RB23 price in the seventh round. It's an upside shot, okay, because Dalvin yeah. Cook is currently on the roster, but it could pay off drastically if you're drafting this early. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the, you know, we talked about the value of drafting early. You can get those players that are kind of hovering low. The market hasn't adjusted yet to pick up Alexander Madison. But Dalvin Cook, you know, I don't know where he's going to go. I saw a report. I forget where it was from, but it was our two teams. They said the Jets and the Cowboys were interested in Dalvin Cook. I think it was Sports Illustrated. It's like, that would suck. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Dalvin Cook goes somewhere like Breeze Hall and Tony Pollard are the two guys that we really like. You know, obviously Tony Pollard more than Breeze Hall this season, but Breeze Hall long term. I don't want to see Dalvin Cook go either of those places. That's just me. But I'm with you on Alexander Madison 100%. We've seen him do his thing instead of uh, Dalvin Cook. And now you have the head coach coming out saying that he's doing his thing. I'm not worried about Alexander Madison at all. If he is the RB1, like you can expect solid RB1 numbers, high-end RB2 numbers every week in this offense because it's going to be good enough where even if he doesn't rush for 80, 90, 100 yards, there will be touchdowns to come. He'll be able to do his thing. And there's not, like you said, much competition behind him unless you're a big fan of Keontae Ingram. And I like D-Way McBride too. Um, PFF was a big fan of him too. But um, like you said, seventh round pick. We'll see if he sees the field a whole lot. The only way that he would have upside, I guess you could handcuff with him pretty much just by picking him up off the waivers if something would happen to Madison, assuming that Cook is gone. But for for the time being, it looks like Madison is the guy to target in the backfield on the Vikings. So um, we've been saying Keontae Ingram this whole time. I actually meant to say tight. Uh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler is on the Vikings, not Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram is on the Cardinals. Both of these guys have their their stands, have their fans like uh, out of nowhere. Both these guys were not efficient in college. Okay, I put yeah. these both these guys. I get confused with both these guys because both these guys were inefficient college runners, early down guys, not great on passing downs. So I, I always get these two guys confused. So for everyone who's listening, it's like Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram's a Cardinal. What are you guys talking about? At this point, half of you guys probably have tuned us out because you're like, you yeah. guys have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Tyson you Chandler. have them Ty both on your dusty old, you know, do not target list over in the corner. Pretty much. picking names off of there. <laughs> pretty much. Like, I, I like Dwayne McBride over Tyson Chandler, like, like yeah. by a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the same thing in Arizona where I don't think he's going to get opportunity over James Conner, like, at all. Okay. Right. Um, no. Anyway, so but I, it's it's cool that I got you to, you to say Keontae Ingram too. So this is I, I this is my thought process on that. I thought he was on the Cardinals, but I wasn't going to call you <laughs> out because I thought maybe I missed some obscure report. I mean, we see rookies move all the time. <laughs> Keontae Ingram was last year. 
I remember he was like the last running back we put in the kit. I was like, maybe he went to the Vikings and I missed it. I don't know. So I was just trusting <laughs> the process right there. You know, if we if we go down, we're both Trust going down. Process. <laughs> Trust the process, Zach. Um, all right. So now if Dalvin Cook ends up going to another team, by the way, I'd rather it be the Jets than the Cowboys because I don't want him to touch yeah. Tony Pollard. I'm not too high on Brees Hall where he's being drafted right now because of the fact that he's coming off the torn ACL. So if he's going to mess up a backfield, I'd rather it be the Jets anyway um, than the Cowboys because I want Tony Pollard to be pristine and the yeah. high-end RB1 that he is going into this year. Um, but if he does end up going to another team, I think you know chances are that he's more of an RB2 than an RB1 at this point of his career. Um, the chances are wherever he goes, it'll likely be a timeshare with him most likely leading it, right? We'll yeah. see if he goes to the Jets. That That's obviously questionable, but he's just tough to draft right now at his price of RB22 because the upside is like super unclear. Like it is mm -hmm. possible that he finishes lower than that. <laughs> based you on think the, the downside is worse than the upside is good? Um, no, I think the ups, I think there is more, there's a higher chance that he finishes as a solid RB2 than there is a chance that he finishes lower than our low end RB2. If that okay. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's a okay. relatively safe investment. I guess. Not, yeah. I think, I think he's like, yeah, I think he's regardless safe if, he's not, he if you're not looking for upside. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. But not really a target of mine, to be honest. No, I, I'm me. chasing until we know where he's going. Running backs. Yeah, exactly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk Bears. Justin Fields got a new real-life wide receiver one in DJ Moore. That's going to help him. No doubt about that. He has Darnell Mooney back. He has Chase Claypool. He has Cole Komet. So I think overall, solid pass catching core here. The questions are around how will Fields improve as a passer, which I think there are legit question marks here, right? Like, yeah. like also, how much more balance will they get? Because they were pretty damn run heavy last year. <laughs> Especially at the start of the season. They didn't even throw the ball. Like they were throwing historically low rate. I don't know how much I trust that. I think that's going to change. But I think Justin Fields, I'm optimistic with him. I think we saw some good things last season, even though on the year the passing stats were not there. I think that he can, you know, improve enough in the pass game to make him a really good fantasy weapon. But you talk about the receiving core around him, though. Like, I don't know how much we're going to be supporting outside maybe DJ Moore. And that he might be just a high-end wide receiver, too, maxed out. You know, that might be his upside right there um, in this offense. Just because with Justin Fields running the ball so much, and that running back room that they have being so crowded, I feel like they're still going to run the ball a whole lot. So I'm not trusting anybody really outside DJ Moore to produce on a consistent level. And even then, you know, I'm not confident that DJ Moore is going to be that guy in this offense, at least especially not at the beginning of the season where there might be growing pains. So are you saying that you're not sure that DJ Moore is going to be the clear target leader in this offense? Oh, no, he's going to be. But, I mean, in terms of where he falls in the wide receiver landscape, you know, I'm not sure if I trust okay. him to have the type of upside. Like, I think the upside for him this season might be high-end wide receiver, too. I don't think he's going to be putting a oh, wide yeah. receiver one. Sure. Oh, no, yeah, I, I got you. Um, 
but yeah, no, I think I think because of this still being a run first offense, like I'm not interested in any wide receiver on this team not named DJ Moore. Yeah. You know, I think Darnell Mooney is a good wide receiver. I think Claypool's okay. I'm expecting more just dominant target share, right? I'm talking like 28% potentially. But the question is how big of a pie are we talking, right? Yeah. Like 27%, 28%, even though that's elite target share, it might not amount to as many raw targets as you would want. Like I, I don't love more as the wide receiver 26 where he's going right now. Like, like McLaurin's going right before him. I'd much rather have McLaurin. Christian yep. Kirk is there. Chris Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I just rather have all those guys over yeah. DJ Moore. Are, are there are there any guys that guy, are the guys I just mentioned? Uh, I I think sorry, you're gonna have to repeat that because you bugged out a little bit for me there. I, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. sorry, man. Was, Terry, so Ter, Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, and Brandon Ayuk. Those are the those are the four guys that I think I'd rather have over more at his price of the wide receiver twenty six. Right, I, I agree. I I don't think yeah. DJ Moore is going to be a secure enough wide receiver at this point, you know, to really be have his price be warranted to be taken over them or around. Them. I think those guys. I'm with you on that one. I'm taking them. What about Cole Komet? I, I think since he has a you know he could be a low end tight end one, given the fact yeah. that. It doesn't take much to be a low end tight end one, but also he's one of Fields' favorite red zone options. Just don't know how, just know, just don't know that the targets will be there for him. You know, given that Moore is in town ta- in town now. Right, I-, I think that's kind of just like rolling over and dying at tight end if you take Cole Komet because you're accepting the parity that comes with taking anybody outside the top five. You know, and that, I feel like you could say that about a lot of tight ends. But Cole Komet, I think that he has a little bit more upside maybe than other guys. He has more. Yeah. ability to have a boom week than maybe a guy like Dalton Schultz who's going right ahead of him as a tight end 13 and Tyler Higby at tight end 16 two spots behind him you know what I mean so I think that Cole Komet we've seen Justin Fields kind of dial in on him he actually had a stretch where he was scoring a lot of touchdowns right in the middle of the season last season when Justin Fields kind of had that breakout so I wouldn't say that we should be avoiding him but he's not a target I'm not targeting any tight end you know really down in this range but Cole Komet if you want to take a swing at upside there's nothing wrong with that. I think that is price. You know, that's kind of what you're going to get in that range. Now, when you look at this backfield, you know, it's a little dicey right now, right? You know, a little. <laughs> obviously, yeah, I mean, there are three guys there that could potentially be the starter, right? There's Roshan Johnson, who they just drafted, Khalil Herbert, who was extremely efficient as a rookie last year, and Deontay. I'm sorry, this is Khalil Herbert's second, second, third year going going into his third, yeah, yep. going into his third season, and Deontay Foreman, right? I think. The best overall, like early down running back, I think is Roshan Johnson. Okay. Yeah. That's who my bet would be to be the one in this backfield. On, you know, if it's not week one, maybe by like week four or week five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be him and Khalil Herbert being the one, two. Can Khalil Herbert really be the, in this offense where he's given a little bit more of a workload? I think so. I think it's possible. I think both of those guys can potentially handle. 10 to 15 touches per game with Deontay Foreman kind of on the outside looking in. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't assume that he would be on the roster come week one. He signed an extremely cheap deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically a minimum deal for a running back of his, you know, and the fact that he was did well last year for the, you know, for the Panthers, the fact that he signed such a low 
deal tells you that, you know, he wanted a starting job, but then the Bears went ahead and drafted Roshan in the fourth yeah. round. Um, you know, day three draft capital, so you kind of have to take you know, you can't assume that Roshan's just going to get the job handed to him, right? He he won't because of the where where he got drafted. But big fan of Roshan, you know, coming out, you know, of Texas, sitting behind Bijan Robinson. Um, he's a no nonsense type of guy. Like, yeah, I talked to him, and he just like no smile on his face. He's just all business, and I think he could potentially be the starter on this offense. Now, Roshan's someone that you're targeting. Now he is being drafted. Uh, as the second Bears running back off the board as the RB forty six, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for that price, like, there's no risk, right? So exactly. is that part of the reason why you drafted him there? That's part of it, but it's also like you said for the reasons that you outlined that he could jump up into a one A one B type role in this offense. You know, I have him listed. I'm targeting him as a speculative bench running back, where it's just like he could appreciate super quick, and there's no, like you said, risk with where he's being taken. Like it, like you said, it's dicey. There's a lot of running backs here. And Deontay Foreman, he looked pretty good last season. They signed him. It was extremely cheap. But I, I think that Rashawn Johnson, like you said, I, I'm on the same train as you, that he could step up and be the early down running back on this offense. Khalil, Khalil Herbert there, too, does have me a little worried about him getting like enough carries to the point where he might be startable yeah. you know, as anything outside of right. a flex. But I yeah. think that if anybody's going to be on the outside looking in, it's going to be Deontay Foreman because Khalil Herbert is a guy that they drafted. You know, he's been in the offense two years going into his third season. And Rashawn Johnson was also drafted by the Bears. They just brought in Deontay Foreman, I think, just in case, you know, they didn't get somebody they really like in the draft. And like you said, I don't think it's going to be drastic to the point where Deontay Foreman's off the roster in week one. But I think in the middle of the season, we could see him dropped at some point, not just in, you know, fantasy, um, rosters but also just from the bears roster overall i don't think he's going to be gone by week one i think they'll keep him just see what they have in rashawn johnson but when rashawn johnson does what he did you know for texas in chicago i think they'll be like okay we can lose that dead weight here it's not a whole lot of money but they'll just drop deontay foreman i think that's something that i could see happening and if you scroll through twitter it seems like a lot of people in the twitter you know community are in on deontay foreman which is funny because like you're in on rashawn johnson I'm in on Rashawn Johnson. I saw a bunch of people talking up Deontay Foreman, you know, talking about how many yards he ran for, that kind of thing, and him being the veteran guy in this backfield. But I just don't see that. Do you? Me either. No, I don't. And honestly, like, I'm not targeting him at all. He's a full fade for me. But, you know, Rashawn, I think both Rashawn Johnson and Khalil Herbert are values right now. I think they can both be potential flex plays this this year. I think Rashawn is an RB46, right? And then you have... Khalil Herbert is an RB40. And I think both guys could potentially outperform that. Uh, you know, and I'm and I'm not talking about like overall for the year. I'm talking about like being both of them being legit flex plays next year. Like David Montgomery oh, and Khalil Herbert were both playable last year, right? As a yeah. flex at the very least. And Montgomery is an RB2 because he was getting the goal line work, goal line carry. So with if both these guys you know, if Roshan Johnson is anything close to David Montgomery, I feel like both these guys could potentially be startable. Um, and if they're being taken in the 40s, you know, in terms of like running back rankings, I think both these guys are draftable, especially where they're going right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at Khalil Herbert. Obviously, we're going back into the stats here, but just in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight weeks, he had three games where he was at 15 points, 15 points, 30 points, two 11 point games mixed in there. Like 
it might not net you a whole lot in terms of season long value, but on a weekly basis, like you said, those are perfect flex numbers. I'd be happy having that in my flex each week. And that was last season. I mean, Khalil, so now Khalil, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're yeah, Khalil you, Herbert. You, you first, act, please. Yeah. <laughs> Khalil Herbert, you know, like I, I think that his situation might be even better. He might have a little bit more preferential treatment, especially to open the season, just because he's been in the system. You know, he might be able to cash in on two or three weeks where Rashawn Johnson's still coming up. And, you know, Deontay Foreman's not really involved in the mix. So I think Khalil Herbert, like you said, you bring that up to me now. I was looking at Rashawn Johnson, but now Khalil Herbert at RB40, I didn't realize he was going that low. Yeah, yeah, he is. And no, we're not, no one's assuming that he's going to be the starter. There's just a lot of variability, right, in this in this backfield right now. Um, right. A lot of ambiguity, probably the better word. But Khalil Herbert, you look at his stats from last year's efficiency metrics, you know, he had 100 – something carries last year out of all running backs who had a hundred carries last year. He was 10th in missed tackles force per rush. And he was one, two, third in yards after contact per attempt. So the dude is a good yeah. running back. He might not get all the work, but he's going to be efficient. So I think like, as of right now, safer pick, safer pick, probably clearly Herbert because yeah. he was using the pass game as well last year. So, you know, we understand that, you know, Roshan was very efficient in college. He, he was one of the most efficient running backs, right up there with Bijan. Um, different type of plays being called for him, so we have to kind of understand that. But we already know that Khalil has proved it in the NFL, at least you know, in, in a timeshare capacity. So yeah, something to keep in mind there. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we are going to talk about the AFC North coming up uh, tomorrow. So that that podcast will be out on Friday. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. If you could take the time to follow or subscribe, it's totally free on your podcast app. We would greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 